well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state. The right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Welcome to another edition of Bearing Arms, Cam and Company. My name is Cam Edwards. Glad to have you with us on the program today. We uh, are going to be discussing the issue of campus carry. Because in Montana, uh, one of the provisions in the uh, constitutional carry bill that was signed by Governor Greg Gianforte earlier this year uh, also establishes a uh, campus carry policy there in the uh, state of Montana. And um, even though this is big sky country and, you know, Montana is, I think, a very Second Amendment friendly place. Uh, I mean, clearly, given the fact that they uh, adopted a, a permitless carry bill, there are still some gun control advocates in the state, and many of them actually work on college campuses, right? They're the anti-gun academics, and uh, as you can imagine, they are crying foul over the uh, new campus carry measure. We're going to get into that. Also, uh, want to let you know, yesterday, you know, we were talking about the open carry with training bill uh, in South Carolina. Now, that bill uh, is officially on its way to Governor Henry McMaster. He has said that he will sign it. So it looks like the uh, open carry with training bill is going to become uh, the law in the uh, state of South Carolina, leaving just four states in the country uh, without any former fashion of uh, open carry whatsoever. Uh, I heard from uh, David in South Carolina, by the way, after yesterday's show, and he said, I heartily agree with your comments you made about the uh, open carry bill. Yeah, I want permitless carry, but I don't mind having them restored the same way we lost these rights incrementally. This is a tremendous first step uh, with permitless carry already passed by the House and hopefully set for the Senate next year. He says, my position on this bill was simple. This proposal changes nothing other than the manner of carry. Same permit, same training, same vetting. Uh, he says, I also found this process to be uh, quite valuable uh, as a learning experience. He says, I will not get caught flat-footed again. Well, David, I'm glad to hear it, sir. And uh, yes, I hope that uh, this is a big first step uh, towards a pure permitless carry bill in South Carolina. I think that... Um, you know, this is a, a it's only a matter of time. Uh, it's, uh, you know, a little depressing that we couldn't get it done this year. But again, I think there are many, many good aspects uh, to this bill in South Carolina. And it is a, a big step forward. And that's how we do things. Right. One step at a time, one state at a time, uh, sometimes one county or one town at a time. Uh, and yeah, when we've got the numbers, one federal law at a time as well. But we always have to keep pressing forward. And, you know, the Second Amendment Foundation has a proven record of doing just that, both in terms of legislation and in terms of litigation, uh, winning court cases that uh, protect the Second Amendment and secure your freedom. We can count on them to defend our guns from the radical left's overreach. But we know that uh, we're in this window of opportunity. In fact, I wrote about this at uh, Bearing Arms yesterday. Samantha B., from Full Frontal on TBS with a whole gun control special. And she talked about, look, this is our moment. If we've got 18 months before the midterms, if we don't get something done now, then, then we could lose this opportunity to put more gun laws in place. We know this is what they want. And the Second Amendment Foundation is not going to just play defense. They're going to go on offense as well. Uh, you can join the fight. All you have to do is text join SAF. To 474747. Again, that's join SAF to 474747 to show your support for the Second Amendment Foundation's hard work in defending your right to keep and bear arms. Speaking of the uh, right to bear arms, as I mentioned, in uh, Montana, the issue of campus carry 
is uh, coming to the forefront after uh, permitless carry, signed into law by Governor Greg GN40. Uh, members of the public pushing back against a, a campus carry uh, proposal from the uh, University of Montana system. So basically, University of Montana, they've got to adopt something. They have to allow campus carry. The, the lawmakers have made that clear. Uh, so now the campus is trying to put up or, you know, come up with some sort of draft policy, uh, doing what they can uh, to restrict the uh, carrying of farmers. But they really can't do much. And so there are a number of gun control activists who are angry and upset and want the uh, University of Montana regents to actually sue uh, over this new law. Uh, according to Brianne Rogers, who is the chair of the Academic Research and Student Affairs Committee of the Montana Board of Regents, um, she said they've already received, quote, substantial feedback on the constitutional question raised in House Bill 102. The state constitution of Montana gives the Board of Regents authority to supervise the Montana University System campuses, but uh, the legislation signed by Governor GN40 strips their control over managing firearms. So Rogers says that the board will consider the constitutional question separately, meaning they're still weighing the possibility of a lawsuit. Uh, and she asked members of the public just to comment on the draft policy, but uh, many members of the public didn't really abide by that uh, request and instead talked quite a bit about uh, the need to sue the state of Montana to try to keep uh concealed carry licensees because you, you do still under even though it's a permitless carry law in order to carry on campus you're going to have to have a, a concealed carry license and uh even that's not enough for these gun control activists although there were some supporters who also logged on to this meeting about 700 or excuse me about 600 people uh, took part in this meeting virtually one of the complaints uh from one of the gun control advocates is that listen the, 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 these students are, are irresponsible. Uh, we do all kinds of things to, uh, to, to protect the security of the campus uh, by restricting what these people can do. Lindy Kolb, who uh, worked as a resident advisor at Montana State University, said, uh, guns are tools, but so are hot plates. And we don't allow those in residence halls for safety reasons. Now here we are going to allow guns in these uh, residence halls. Well, a man who identified himself as a Montana State University employee and retired U.S. Air Force colonel said, uh, quote, hot plates are not a constitutional right, <laughs> which is true. By the way, just because hot plates have been banned doesn't mean, A, that guns should continue to be banned. It also doesn't mean that hot plates should be banned. What what would happen if 18, 19, 20, 21, 22 year olds were expected to be responsible, were expected to, you know, turn off their hot plate when it's not in use, unplug the hot plate if they're uh, not using it, rather than the expectation that these young adults simply aren't mature enough to handle the responsibility of having a hot plate. Now, I, I mean, look. My youngest kids are 16, my oldest well into adulthood. My 16-year-olds know how to use a stove. They cook for themselves at home. And I have never once, since I've shown them how to cook, it actually was more my wife showing them how to cook, but whatever. Since we've shown them how to cook, 
I've never once thought if I'm leaving the house with my wife and my kids are going to be there unsupervised, I've never thought to tell them, hey, don't cook anything. I don't trust you because I do trust them. Because my expectation is you are responsible enough to cook some food on a stove. So why are we assuming that, again, grown damn adults are not responsible enough? And by the way, these same adults who would be carrying firearms, let's leave the hot plate alone for a second, but these same adults who would be carrying firearms on campus are also going to be carrying firearms off campus. These are the same individuals who are acting responsibly off campus. So why do we believe that suddenly when they set foot into a dorm or a classroom facility or stroll across, across the quad, that all of a sudden they're going to be rooting, tooting, you know, gunslingers? It's not going to happen. It hasn't happened in any of the states that have adopted campus carry. And we've heard these uh, you know, pronouncements before. The sky is going to fall. Oh, it's going to be awful. We're just going to have shootouts in the student union. Hasn't happened. I, I remember this debate uh, when the uh, campus carry law went into effect in Texas, when the campus carry law went into effect in Kansas. You had professors who left. They oh, I can't work in this environment. It's going to be awful. I'm moving to, one guy actually moved to Australia. Yeah. And there were, uh, you know, dire warnings that students would simply go to school elsewhere. They wouldn't go to school in these states. Well, again, that hasn't happened either. None of these dire predictions have come true in states that have adopted campus carry. And I don't think that these dire predictions are going to come true because Montana has adopted campus carry as well. But again, there are uh, opponents of this measure who don't want to see the university system acquiesce. They want to see this go to court. Uh, Douglas Coffin, who's a faculty member at the University of Montana, says that the law clearly violates the Constitution and undercutting the obligations of the Board of Regents to govern campuses. But he also said that the region's policies say that the people must have the opportunity for a safe and positive learning environment in Montana. And he says there are contradictions at hand there. How so? How, how, how is it a contradiction that a safe learning environment cannot include the ability of responsible gun owners to lawfully carry a firearm for self-defense? I mean, again, if you're stating that people lawfully carrying firearms for self-defense creates an unsafe environment, you're not just arguing against campus carry. You're arguing against the right to bear arms itself. And, yeah, I, I suspect that uh, many of the opponents of campus carry Montana would, would agree. They're absolutely right. I don't think anybody should be carrying any gun anywhere. Well, you're really close to Canada. You might just want to keep moving north because you're not too far away from a country that doesn't protect the right to keep and bear arms. That doesn't even recognize the right to keep and bear arms. But here in the United States and in the state of Montana, not only do you have the federal constitution, but in Montana, you've got the state constitution as well that protects the right to keep and bear arms. If you don't like it, there's a border crossing not too far away. Uh, all right. Uh, oh, one last uh, a bit of uh, uh, info. Canyon Locke, who's the vice president of the Associated Students of the University of Montana, says if uh, re regions don't change the law, it will be clear that political influence overrules the board. So in other words, uh, if you don't do what I want, 
It just it, it just uh, it just shows that uh, you're bought and paid for by the gun lobby or the GOP or the Republicans. Now I suspect that ultimately the Board of Regents will file suit and they will challenge this provision of uh, the state's new permitless carry law. How successful they will be, I couldn't say. But um, given the anti-gun hostility on display uh, and the number of uh, faculty and students and even some alumna who are demanding that the Board of Regents go to court over this, I... um, I think it's quite likely that uh, that a court case is filed. Uh, I am hopeful that the state of Montana will prevail uh, in any legal challenge to this new law. Again, campus carry is not new or unusual, although it might be new to the state of Montana. But there is no reason for these opponents to be freaking out uh, other than their own uh, inherent hostility towards the right to keep and bear arms. All right, let's turn our attention now to our uh, good deed of the day, our uh, recidivist report, and uh, our armed citizen story. We'll start with a recidivist report, not not really uh, apparent in the headline here. One person arrested, two suspects shot in connection to a Walmart shooting on Monday. This is in Columbia, Missouri, where uh, police say uh, two guys basically got into a fight with two other guys in a Walmart parking lot. Uh, two guys started shooting, but the two other guys apparently um, got a hold of the gun and then shot back. Now, that alone might have been self-defense, right? I was being attacked. Somebody shot at me. I grabbed the gun. I shot back. That, in fact, I think is self-defense. Where it turns into something other than self-defense is when the two other guys take off running and then the guys that grab the gun take off running after them firing more shots. At that point, the threat is over. They're on their way out of there, and uh, you running after them, shooting at them, no longer going to meet the statutory definition of uh, self-defense. So one of the guys that uh, apparently grabbed the gun, returned fire, and then ran after uh, and uh, continued shooting at these two guys, a guy named uh, Gerard Taylor uh, and his uh, alleged accomplice, Daquan Hughes, So they ended up finding the gun. Uh, Police did. It was apparently ditched by uh, Hughes and uh, Taylor in a a bush. uh, And police found it. And then they thought, we can take the gun. But why don't we just sit here and see if anybody comes and tries to pick up the gun? And sure enough, they saw a car drive up to the bush. Guy got out of the car, goes up to the bush where the gun is. Um, officers then uh, took the guy into custody on other charges. It turns out that it was actually Daquan Hughes' brother. Um, and police were then able to identify Gerard Taylor and Daquan Hughes, both through the brother's testimony and then through video surveillance. Uh, warrants for both Taylor and Hughes issued uh, yesterday. Now, here's where we get into the recidivist angle here. According to ABC 17, Boone County Assistant Prosecuting Attorney Morley Swingle says that uh, Taylor has violated his probation with these new charges. Taylor was charged with unlawful use of a weapon in 2020. By the way, that's the same charge that uh, Mark and Patricia McCloskey are facing in Missouri for displaying firearms outside of their home as a a group of 
rowdy demonstrators uh, broke down their gate and marched through their neighborhood on their way to a protest outside of the uh, St. Louis mayor's house. They're facing unlawful use of a weapon charge. That's the same charge that Gerard Taylor was facing when somebody was shot in the leg last June at a Juneteenth celebration at Douglas Park. Now, Gerard Taylor has already uh, handled that case. He ended up pleading guilty to a lesser charge of exhibiting a weapon, and he received five years probation for shooting someone. Yeah. I mean, this is amazing. Naquan Hughes, D'Angelo Hughes, both their uh, first offense. But uh, Gerard Taylor, again, already known to law enforcement and uh, at a relatively young age, has already received a slap on the wrist for a violent crime. So there you go. Today's recidivist report. Our uh, armed citizen story of the day from Chicago, uh, where a woman with a concealed carry license was shot in the leg during an attack on the west side of the city. A second woman who was with her seriously injured, the uh, concealed carry holder, was able to return fire, uh, according to authorities. It was a 24-year-old woman and her 25-year-old friend who uh, were both shot as they stood on a west side sidewalk early last Thursday. According to the Chicago Tribune, the woman pulled her gun and returned fire, missed her assailant, who then ran off. Uh, The 25-year-old was shot once in the buttocks. The uh, 24-year-old suffered a gunshot wound to the right leg as the uh, pair were just, you know, standing around talking. It was about 12.30 last Thursday morning. Uh, Motive for the shooting remains under investigation. Not clear whether the uh, shooter and the woman who fired in self-defense exchanged words before the guy shot both of the women. Um, Thankfully, both women are expected to recover. Don't have a description of the uh, attacker other than a man in his 30s who, again, took off running. No arrests have been made in this case. Um, And again, even though the concealed carry holder was shot and wounded, thankfully, again, she was able to return fire. If she did not have a gun with her, she and her friend may very well have been shot more than one time. Uh, and a uh, another example of how a defensive gun use can stop a crime from progressing. Carrying a gun around won't prevent every crime from occurring. But having a gun and being able to use it in self-defense does tend to prevent that crime from escalating, right? An attempted carjacking remains an attempted carjacking rather than a carjacking and a murder. An attempted home invasion remains an attempted home invasion rather than an actual home invasion and a murder. And in this case, you've got a woman who was injured. Uh, so with a deadly weapon might apply here for the guy who shot her. But this is not a homicide case because she was able to shoot back. All right, finally today, our good deed of the day. Also uh, from the state of Illinois, believe it or not, uh, Carroll Stream, Illinois, where an off-duty officer in the right place at the right time, willing and able to do the right thing to save the life of a choking three-year-old girl. Police Commander Brian Cooper was uh, off-duty and uh, eating out at a restaurant when he noticed this uh, three-year-old in medical distress. She was uh, choking on a cucumber that had uh, lodged in her throat. And police say uh, Commander Cooper calmly and without hesitation walked over to the little girl whose name is Riley, grabbed her, 
relied on his first aid training and urgently began a life-saving Heimlich maneuver. The uh, cucumber was dislodged. Riley started breathing. And uh, Riley's mom took to Facebook to uh, thank her daughter's uh, lifesaver, saying he saved my daughter's life. Thank you so much, Officer Cooper. Truly are a lifesaver. So in the right place at the right time, willing and able to do the right thing. There in uh, Carroll Stream, Illinois, Brian Cooper, we thank you, sir, for your very, very good deed. That is all the time we've got for you on this edition of Bearing Arms Cam and Company. Uh, just a reminder, we will not have a program for you tomorrow uh, as we uh, gear up for a busy weekend at BearingArms.com. But we will be updating the website all day Friday and throughout the weekend as well with the very latest Second Amendment news and information from all across the nation. Uh, also, don't forget, if, uh, if, if, the, if that's just not enough, if you want more, we can give you more. Yes, you can become a VIP subscriber at BarryAndArms.com. Just go to, shockingly enough, BarryAndArms.com slash subscribe. And uh, when you use the promo code GUNS, G-U-N-S, you get 25% off of your VIP membership. And we really do appreciate all of our VIP members. Uh, the commentary, the analysis, all the stuff that you get as a VIP member, all of that and your membership allows us to continue doing the job that we do each and every day. Uh, reporting on the issues that are important to you, making sure that you are up to date on what is going on with your right to keep and bear arms from Washington, D.C., down to your local city council. Uh, your support, again, allows us to do that. So thank you very much for being a VIP member. And if you are not yet a VIP member, I would encourage you to do so. Check it out. I think that uh, I, I think that you will remain a member for months to come. Uh, also, don't forget, you can subscribe to Town Hall Media on YouTube. That way you'll never miss one of these programs. There's other great content from Town Hall Media as well. Also, a look up Bearing Arms Cam and Company at Rumble.com. You can find us on Amazon Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and the uh, townhall.com podcast page as well. Hope you have a great weekend. Maybe, I, you know, I was going to say I can go out and do some shooting. I actually, it's easier for me to find ammo right now than it is for me to find gas in Virginia. Hopefully that'll change. But uh, thankfully, I don't have to drive anywhere to do some shooting. So I might, I might, uh, you know, tap into my 22 long rifle supply. It's what I've got the most of these days and uh, do a little shooting. Hopefully you get a chance to uh, go out and exercise your rights responsibly as well. We'll see you back here on Monday. Until then, be well, be safe, and be free.